What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, February 7th. Last night, it was poker night. I was at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood playing in my poker tournament. We wound up with about $25,000 in the prize pool. I wound up coming in 20th place out of about 120 players. Now, some people would say, wow, that's good. That's top 20%. That's fantastic. I am not happy unless I win. If I finish in third, fourth, seventh, twelfth, twentieth, I'm I'm not happy. I don't like participation trophies. I just like to win, and that is it. And I did not win last night. The sports book had me at forty nine to one to win my own tournament, which I thought was a slap in the face. But now I'm told I'll be sixty two to one uh, next month. I'm going to win it again. I've won it three times in a 13-month period, and I'm going to win it for a fourth time very soon. I was laser-focused last night. Even while I was watching the Miami Heat game and the Florida Panthers game there at the table, and I was really, really in the zone there with the Panthers game because I had a same-game parlay on it, isn't it something where – You wager on three Florida Panthers to score a point. I had Barkov, Kachuk, and Verhage to each score a point last night. And I'm thinking the Panthers will score three or four goals. I got a pretty good shot to win this bet. It was plus 165, so more than double my money, almost two times my money. And in the end... The Florida Panthers only get one goal, and that one goal was unassisted. So a a total of one point last night from all Florida Panthers players combined, just one single point. And this is the game that I decide I'm going to, for the first time, do a same-game parlay in the National Hockey League. I'm going to put it on three Florida Panthers players to get a point, and they only have one total point the entire game. Verhage with the goal, unassisted, and that was it. My luck, huh? So I was even able to get beyond that. After that happened, compose myself and still play cards until about 12.30 in the morning when I got eliminated. For those of you that were out there with me last night, it was great seeing you. I hope you had a good time. We'll do it again next month. March, March what? I I was about to say a date in March. I, I got to look at my cat. March 5th. That's going to be the next one. So less than a month away, March 5th, that'll be my next poker tournament. So I was playing cards. I had action going on the app. The Panthers had a, a flat performance, terrible I'm not going to sit here and talk about their flat performance for more than like the 90 seconds that I've already done that. And that's because it's Super Bowl week. Don't we wish the Dolphins were involved in Super Bowl week? If they were, I'd probably be on my way to Vegas right now. Maybe on the Dreamliner. Or I'd fly through L.A., 
and then go from L.A. to Vegas. But the Dolphins aren't in the Super Bowl, and I'm in Miami. I'm not in Vegas, and I'm totally fine with that because I do not want to be anywhere near Vegas right now, anywhere near Radio Row. I am so happy that I am joining you from South Florida and not from Radio Row in Vegas. Yes, I will continue to clown Radio Row every single day this week. I am somebody who loves radio. You guys love radio. You love tuning in. But I am telling you, this is the worst week for my chosen profession. Not here on this program, but on others. So many random guests pitching some product. And then before I let you go, 49ers or Chiefs? Who cares what some celebrity thinks about the game? Nobody remembers even 30 seconds after the interview is done. That question, randomly when you see somebody, it's like a conversation starter or maybe at the end of the conversation or just to keep a conversation going. Put on the radio, random people, ugh, it's brutal. I was asked, and I'm asked a lot, I get this question every single year. People actually think I know what I'm talking about. I mean, at times I do. I was asked last night several times, so who you got in the Super Bowl? I'm going to have a parlay with props. That's all I'm going to do. If you forced me to bet on this game, I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. I was like a lot of you this season thinking, geez, the Chiefs, they've lost it. Mahomes doesn't have any receivers. It's just not the same. Well, Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. I don't know that the Chiefs will win, but at this point, I cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes. My favorite lines that I heard last night, I heard this line, I don't know how many times, several times. People are talking about the Super Bowl. And then a couple of dealers said this and other players. Yeah, I I just think it's going to be a good game. It'll be a close game. I can't tell you the amount of times I heard that. Oh, it's going to be a close game. Should be a close game. After I heard it for like the eighth time last night, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I said to this person, I believe it was one of the dealers. I said, can you tell me the last Super Bowl? We're going into the Super Bowl. Like you're talking about the Super Bowl. You said, ah, this game, it's going to be a blowout. This game won't even be close. You think every Super Bowl is going to be close. You think every Super Bowl is going to be a great game. And that's because we're talking about the two either hottest or best teams in the entire league. So you're getting the best from each conference or the hottest from each conference. Of course, you're thinking it's going to be a close game. And you want it to be a close game because wherever you're going to go to watch it or you're going to have people come to your place, you want to be entertained the entire time. You don't want to blow out. 
I remember, I think it was, was it Denver and Seattle? Like, that game wasn't close at all. But going into the game, nobody thought, oh, this isn't going to be a close game. It's going to be a blowout. Sometimes these games just turn into uh, blowouts. The last time the 49ers and Chiefs played, it was a great game. The 49ers blew it. It was here at Hard Rock Stadium. It was a fantastic game. So if I if I said, oh, yeah, this should be a good game again, well, of course they should all be good games. It's the freaking Super Bowl. When it comes to breaking down what's going to happen on the field Sunday, I- I'm not going to do an X's and O's program. What I will do tomorrow and probably on Friday most likely, I will do a show talking about props predictions, parlays. You could tail my parlay, my same game parlay that I'm putting in. I haven't put it in yet, but I may put it in by tomorrow. And when I do, I will tweet it. I'll put it up on my Twitter feed. I don't care if it's called X, it's Twitter. At Andy Slater. I'll post it as well on my Instagram. Just search Andy Slater. I'll put it in many places for you to go ahead and tail it if you would like. I drafted it. I took a screenshot. It's in my phone. And I like it. It involves three touchdown scores. It involves passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards. So I like the way it looks. Hopefully it will hit, and I'm looking at 20 to 1. I'm not going to get greedy and go for 50 to 1. I do my best to learn my lesson from previous experiences. I could have hit my parlay in the NFC Championship game if I didn't get greedy and take under 55 and a half. Everything else hit. But I said I want 50 to 1 because 20 to 1 is not enough. If I put five hunch on this, twenty to one pays ten grand. I'll take the ten grand. Twenty-five grand's better, but I'd rather have a bag of ten G's and then we'll move on to the next event. Speaking of moving on, I have a lot of things to say. Not only about this Super Bowl, but I got things to say about our South Florida teams. And our football team is not in the Super Bowl. Maybe one day they will be. Maybe one day they'll win a playoff game. That was another conversation at the poker table last night. See, I don't get conversations like at the barber shop. Uncle Luke comes on here every Tuesday. He frequently says, oh, yeah, we were talking about this at the barber shop. If you look at my picture, I don't go to a barber shop. I haven't been to a barber shop in, my gosh, 20, 25 years, something like that. So I can't have these convos at a barber shop. My conversations happen at a poker table. You got downtime at the barbershop. I got downtime at the poker table. That's where I get into my conversations. And last night, another one of the conversations was, hey, I've never seen the Dolphins win a playoff game. I'm not talking about me, but people playing poker. And it just brought back into my mind how it's been 24 years since the Dolphins won a playoff game. There are some of you in this audience right now that have never seen the Dolphins win a playoff game. 
it's been a long, long time. So while I sit here and think, hey, they can maybe one day go to a Super Bowl, let's get them to win one playoff game first. All right, I have a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. The Miami Heat last night, they were way more interesting than the Florida Panthers. The Miami Heat looked really good. Like, really good. This is part of the reason why I never panicked in January. And I'm not trying to crown them now after they won last night either, but the season is so long. 82 games, there's ups and downs. There's stretches where they look like they're going to the NBA Finals, and then there's stretches where it looks like they've completely forgotten how to play basketball. But that's all part of an 82-game season. The reality for the Miami Heat, and they proved this last season, they don't need to be the number one seed. For them to make noise, they do not have to be number one or number two or number three. All the Miami Heat need is to get past the playing round. Ideally, you want to finish in the top six. But if they can't, if they don't, if they have to win a play-in game, they are more than capable of doing that. I know as fans, we want teams to care every single time they take the court. You want them to bring it every time they hit that floor, every night, especially if you're going to a game. You're going to a game, most likely you're paying pretty good money. Or if you're investing time watching it on television, giving up two and a half hours to see your team, you want to see them give it their all. But the incentive structure for the players, it's be healthy and be playing at your best come playoff time and in the end isn't that what we all really care about we care about what our team is going to do in the postseason not the regular season we have a huge ring culture it's kind of how greatness is defined isn't it by how many rings you win michael won six kobe won five lebron's got four Barkley, none. So what happens? Barkley drops down a notch. Patrick Ewing, he drops down a notch. When you judge the greatest of the great, a lot of that is done based off of championships. And players know that. That's why you see all these super teams being formed. It's all about getting that ring. So is it worth it for a great player to burn out by going hard for 82 games when they're chasing that ring? No, it's not worth it. The players are thinking of the long term. They're thinking about what's going to happen come playoff time. What am I going to be able to do? How is my body going to be? Occasionally, 
you will see a team give a playoff-like effort during a regular season game. That does happen. And when I was watching the Heat last night, that's kind of what it looked like to me. They were shooting much better. They were sharing the ball really well. The Heat last night had a balanced attack. They were engaged the whole night. Maybe they understood how important that game was. Now, it wasn't a must win. If they lost the game, it's not like they would have been done or it would have been a a major defeat. But at the same time, sometimes in your head, you think of, you know what? We got to win this game. We need to we need to not only move up here in the standings, but we need to set the tone. And when you look at last night's game, by beating the Magic, they now have the tiebreaker over them. That's a team that's right there with them in the standings. So maybe down the line, when the playoff picture becomes clearer, maybe last night's win will give the Heat the edge over Orlando. It could turn out to be a big deal. Before last night's game, every single guy was talking about, hey, you know, this is an important one. And they do have a few games left before the All-Star break. They want to finish up strong before that. They felt last night was a winnable game. And it just looked to me like they were not only saying it, but they they executed. People say things all the time. Actions are louder than words. You always should remember that. You might have a girl say something, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about action. I'll listen to what people say, but I'm more concerned when they show me what they do. And the Miami Heat showed me last night what they're capable of. Jimmy looked like Jimmy, especially in the fourth quarter. That little burst he had, eight in a row, eight points in a row that was, not eight shots in a row, but he knocked down two threes, then he drove to the basket and scored. He hit the Orlando defender with the too small afterwards. That's Jimmy talking his stuff, playing his game. And that little burst by Jimmy was all the Miami Heat needed. That was ball game. And then Terry Rozier looked better. This is a process. Any trade you make, it's going to make things a little confusing for a team. It takes a minute. The players got to adjust. New language, new play calls, new coach, new city, new locker, new everything. And then in particular, a guy who's going to run the point, that's the guy who's running the team. He's responsible for distributing the ball to everyone. He's got to find a way to integrate his own shot making and playmaking. So in essence, when a team gets a new point guard, particularly a guy who plays at such a different pace, especially to where Kyle was. Kyle never pushed the basketball up with the speed that Scary Terry does, so he's just a faster guy. The rest of that offense has got to adjust to that, and they will. They are. Spo should be very happy about last night's performance. Not only did they play well, but they were healthy and whole. That was the first time since the beginning of the season. You had a whole new starting lineup. Scary Terry at the point, Tyler at two, Caleb and Jimmy at forward, Bam in the middle. That's a really good lineup. It's balanced. Plus, it leaves plenty of energy and scoring on the bench. They can bring in Jaime. They can bring in Kevin Love, Duncan. It starts to give Spo 
some really good options. And the other move that I really loved by Spo, this was way different. Spo usually sits Jimmy Butler for the first six minutes or so of the fourth quarter. It's a move meant to preserve him. You you want to save him for the end of the game. Plus, you want to keep him fresh come playoff time. Well, last night, Spo mixed it up. He started Jimmy in the fourth quarter. That was a case of the Heat had a comfortable lead, and rather than let Jimmy sit and let Orlando get back into the game, Jimmy stayed on the court and ultimately was the person who buried them. This could be a case of, okay, January was bad, lots of guys were hurt, the offense was slumping, but now we're down to essentially the final 30 games, so we need to make a run and we need to make some noise. Like, let's build up these playoff habits right now. That's certainly what that move could have been last night. But going into the All-Star break, you want to have some momentum. You want to feel good with your time off. And those of you that are going to the game tonight, you'll be in for a treat. You should be. Not only should the Heat win because they're taking on a terrible Spurs team, but one of the most interesting and intriguing players in the league will be there at the Kaseya Center. Wemby is coming to town. The one-man show. 7-5. Shoots threes, plays in the paint. I don't need to tell you about Wemby. You've seen him. And now, tonight, you get a chance to see him in person. Best case would be the Heat win, of course. But at the same time, Wemby does a few things that leave your jaw on the floor. Just a few moments during a Heat win where you can say, Wow! About the opponent. And he's had plenty of, Wow! So far throughout his rookie year. And speaking of, Wow! That's what you'll say when you're on the phone with Stewie. Stewie's got the bagel loan. If you're buying a home, if you need a mortgage, if you're refinancing, Stewie and the bagel loan, it's perfect for you. When you think of a bagel, or at least when I do, sure, you think of, well, I don't think of cream cheese. I I just like butter on my bagel. Some of you like lox. Whatever it may be, the middle of a bagel, it looks like a zero. And that's what you will pay Stewie. Zero. Nothing. No lender fees. No appraisal fees. Stewie's got the bagel loan, and you are going to love it. That'll be the best bagel you've ever had. The bagel loan, it'll beat an everything bagel. This is a nothing bagel. You go to a restaurant, you order an everything bagel, and those are really good. But when it comes to buying a home, needing a mortgage, or refinancing, you don't want the everything bagel. You want the nothing bagel, the bagel loan. Call Stewie on his personal cell phone. Here's his number, 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. If you want to Google the bagel loan, learn more about it, or just call Stewie at 561-379-4441. That is his personal cell You will pay him nothing. MLS number 226715. 
The Escalator Poker Series starts today at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. $100,000 guaranteed in the prize pool this week. Then next week, $200,000. The week after, $300,000. The week after that, $400,000. And then early March, $500,000. So many different tournaments happening right now at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Not just mine. Mine was last night. The Escalator Series tournaments, they started today. They're going on right now. For all of the information, visit Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open dot com that seminal hard rock poker open dot com different tournaments every day cash games high hands so much action the poker room at the hard rock is the place to be so for all the info visit seminal hard rock poker open dot com and then maybe i will see you very soon at a poker table at seminal hard rock hotel and casino in hollywood yesterday when i was doing the show from the poker room i talked for about 15 minutes discussing Inter-Miami. Well, Inter-Miami, they played their final game on their big-time road tour, preseason road tour. Uh, they did that this morning in Japan. Thankfully, that was their last stop on the global tour. To have every possible nation in the world boo them is pretty amazing. It's a classic case of, hey, we got big plans and big promises. We're going on a world tour, and then we're going to under-deliver on all of it. Here's your chance to see stars that we have, worldwide superstars. But you're going to see them while they're on the bench. Now, in fairness to Inter-Miami, Messi, I'm sure, was hurt. I don't think they're making that up. And it's probably smarter long-term to have Messi rest and not re-injure anything. But how is there no contingency for, hey, if Lionel Messi can't play, what can we do to make the crowd happy? When you got people paying thousands of dollars for tickets, they want something. Maybe have a little creativity. That would have gone a long way. It got so bad that Messi, who talked to the media only once since joining Inter-Miami, had to sit in Japan and answer questions about the tour, why he's playing or not playing. Messi wanted no part of that, I'm sure. But finally, maybe Inter-Miami told him, hey, we just got booed the heck out of everywhere we went. David Beckham got booed. The team owners got booed. The team's getting clowned by the international press. This is a really big global story. It's a bigger global story than it is a South Florida story. The only way to put out this fire at all is to have Messi himself address it. And he did. So there was no plan B. Messi uh, didn't play in Hong Kong. People were very mad. And this Inter-Miami franchise, the only great thing they've done was sign Messi other than that, it's just a whole bunch of broken promises. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to have a stadium next to Miami International Airport. It's going to be ready in 2025. That's where they're going to play. Meanwhile, it's just an empty, toxic wasteland right now. I don't even know what they're doing with it. 
at least I know what they're doing with the land in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. They're running great races, the best races in the world. That's what's happening right now at Gulfstream Park because it is the championship meet. So you've got the best horses in the world, the best jockeys in the world, the best trainers in the world, the best of everything horse racing in the world is at Gulfstream Park. Live racing happens at Gulfstream Park every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You go on out there. You can do what I do. Go to their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms. You get a table. Make a reservation, though. Gulfstreampark.com. That's how you could do it. Get a table. Have a fantastic meal. Watch the races live right in front of you. And then, of course, you could bet on them. Heck, you can even wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Have yourself a great day, particularly on a live race day, Thursday through Sunday. It is the championship meet going on right now at Gulfstream Park. Tomorrow, I'll get much more into the Super Bowl conversation. The Dolphins aren't in it, so I'm not going to sit here all week and talk about the Chiefs and the 49ers. We'll talk about a wagering standpoint of the big game, and I'll do that on Friday and also tomorrow. I've given you some long segments here, so some of them have got to be short. But let's not forget, we're one week away from Valentine's Day. Maybe you are not feeling the love with your current financial advisor. That is a great reason to call Trajan Wealth. Maybe your type of love is money. I'm always talking about money here. Some of us are not smart with our money. If you want to do the right thing with your money, if you want to get on the right track, it's never too late. Call Trajan Wealth. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. They're located in Palm Beach. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Again, your love might be about money, not about a person, but about money. Contact Trajan Wealth today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol joins us on the Andy Slater Show as he does every Wednesday. Lieutenant, we haven't spoken on air since the tragic incident last week involving a Florida Highway Patrol trooper. My uh, thoughts are with you and your entire Florida Highway Patrol, and I can only imagine what you guys are going through when you found out about that. Uh, So my condolences, uh, Lieutenant. This is something that, unfortunately... We talk about every so often something happens with a trooper or a law enforcement officer in the line of duty. Uh, Can you give us any more details on exactly what transpired uh, last week? And it was what, St. Lucie County? St. Lucie County, yeah. This uh, individual was uh, uh, extensive criminal history. Uh, He was seen initially uh, driving recklessly in a surface street and somewhere in that area about i think they saw him at about over 100 miles an hour at saint lucy uh county deputy i believe it is uh that deputy attempted to stop the individual fled the individual fled about 
five minutes later, um, the bolo was was put out. The be on the lookout was put out, and uh, Trooper Fink, who was in the area, saw the vehicle again. Got him clocked at about 140 miles an hour on a surface street. Uh, just again driving recklessly. Um, attempted to stop him. Uh, individual flees. He. Uh, attempts to get onto I-95 southbound in that area, and right as he enters the the, the highway, uh, the fleeing uh, individual makes a U-turn immediately to go counterflow, so he's to go northbound in the southbound lanes. And somewhere there is where uh, an oncoming semi tractor trailer uh, collides into. Uh, the trooper. So I'm not sure if the trooper also attempted uh, to go behind him or if the tractor trailer driver may have seen the fleeing uh, vehicle and then maybe in a panic or trying to avoid hitting him, maybe loses control and then hits the trooper. These are the things that are still kind of being looked at by our traffic homicide unit. Uh, nonetheless, our trooper was, was airlifted, died at the hospital. The tractor trailer driver died on scene. Uh, the footage of the scene was pretty horrific. The actual the tractor trailer was just on its side completely, uh, you know, spilled across the median of the highway. So the fleeing felon, uh, he continues to flee. And um, some of the troopers stopped to to render aid to both the driver and the trooper and then uh, some other officers from that area. Just to sum it up, uh, there was a perimeter that was established for about three to four hours. He was eventually apprehended um, and he was charged with uh, multiple homicide, uh, including homicide of a law enforcement officer, vehicular homicide. He's facing a lot of charges, Andy. Um, but really, uh, just a sad overall, 26-year-old trooper. He's been on three years, three-year veteran. Um, from what I hear, he was a really, really nice guy. Uh, so now we're in the, you know, prepping for his um, light of duty death memorial services, which is scheduled for Monday, full honors uh so some planning going on with that, but yeah, it's just been overall a tough, tough week. Lieutenant, I mean, just describing that, and a lot of us saw it on the news. Does that make does that make troopers think, or the entire Florida Higher Patrol? Do, does it make them think about changing anything when it comes to uh, chasing a car, going after a car? I watch these chases in Los Angeles all of the time. I mean, we do have more here now, it seems, in Florida as well. We talk about it every week, Lieutenant. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in Los Angeles, I I see, okay, they're just going to follow it with the helicopter. I know this is 3 in the morning. There's less traffic and all. Right. But are there certain situations, Lieutenant, where it's like you're going so fast, we're just going to let you go because it can become too dangerous? Yeah, that always plays out, right? That's always part of your uh, decision-making when, as an officer, you're going to determine if you're going to pursue somebody that's fleeing, if it's if it's, if it's if it's worth risking the safety of, of the other motorists. That's always a big responsibility when it comes to the decision-making, right? Um, as far as changing anything, I mean, Andy, the, our, our, our profession overall, if you think about state troopers, the we're, we, we drive fast a lot in order to try to intercept uh, vehicles that are either speeding or vehicles that are impaired or wrong way drivers, we find ourselves in these high risk situations on a daily basis. And unfortunately there's 53 troopers that have been killed in the line of duty uh, with, with tasks or 
uh, performing these 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 job duties. And so I don't I don't think necessarily something maybe has to change, so to speak. I just think it's just it's tough though. I mean, it's tough because you know I say that, and then there's other circumstances, Lieutenant. And it's even happened here in South Florida before. I remember one really bad one, I believe, off of uh, Chrome, where you have someone going so fast, and then the law enforcement agency, whoever it is, is like, look, you know, it's just too dangerous. We're not going to chase them. And then you have other people saying, well, how can you not try to stop this person? And you're letting them not only just get away, but you're putting other people in danger and not trying to stop them. Right. So Absolutely. It, so I guess it's kind of difficult to you just take every situation on its own yeah yeah they're all they're all very unique they're all different in their ways that you know the time of the day that the traffic how heavy is the traffic the weather i mean the the the, the initial infraction that's gonna you know make you try to stop this person uh there's so much that goes into uh deciding you know if you're going to pursue this vehicle but at that time i believe this happened about 3 a.m so i would say generally in that area on 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 i-95 traffic was very light right um so it was just kind of um at that point you know the trooper was pursuing him nobody really was anticipating this individual making a a u-turn to go counter flow here i mean that's just extreme that's the the epitome of reckless i mean but um this that's just it's just like i've always said andy the bad guys they don't play by the rules they don't care they just their concern is they don't you know they don't want to go to jail and they'll kind of do whatever it takes for that not to happen so uh this was an this was obviously an extreme situation where the trooper lost his life the other innocent uh, motorist lost his life and now this uh felon uh pretty much lost his life too because he's going to be in jail probably for the rest of his it's life so just, it's just it's so crazy lieutenant because i know you guys were just having a memorial i think you had it monday uh, for right. another trooper a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. you guys go out there you're on the side of the road i know that's extremely dangerous because i've ridden along with you guys uh, many many times um you get involved in chases and you can be in a situation like unfortunately uh, this trooper was and then a couple of years ago, I believe uh, that trooper lieutenant was trying to help somebody out, and then that person Absolutely. shot him. Yeah, about five miles up the road, right from where this happened, he was uh, mm-hmm. assisting a disabled motorist. And I guess I don't remember exactly, but this motorist thought that the trooper was making contact for a different reason, and he shot him. He shot him when he was just trying to help the guy who was broken down on the side of the road. So uh, it's just whether you're on this side of the road and cars are zooming by whether you find yourself in a, in a in a chase or trying to apprehend the wrong way driver i mean whether you're making contact with somebody on a traffic stop you don't know what that person's might might shoot you or not where they're coming from i mean it's just a high risk uh profession andy we i mean everybody knows that uh, it's it's just but um it's still it hits home you know it makes you kind of uh just it kind of puts it back into perspective and it's like a it's a reminder you know of, of how how serious things can can really uh, well I, I was just gonna up. ask you that because you you could speak about this you're with the Florida Higher Patrol you're a lieutenant right. mm-hmm. when this happens like it did last week what goes through your mind I mean obviously you feel terrible for the troopers family and and the the whole incident right but personally what goes through your mind? Do you say, 
I'm going to do something maybe a little different. I'm not going to do this. Uh, I don't want to do this at all anymore. Or yeah, I mean, what goes well, through your head? The first thing is obviously, I mean, your family, right? Thinking about, you know, your that this this trooper Fink, he's not going to come home to his fiance anymore, right? Uh, and you can't help but make it relatable because we do the same job, right? We we do the same thing every day. So I know exactly what he went through. I understand them. Well, not exactly what he went through, but as far as uh, what he was trying to do, he was trying to apprehend this individual. So right away it hits home and you, and it just becomes so relatable. And then you think if, you know, if that was me, you play the scenario out in your mind, what, what could have been done different or what did, did this happen? And you start to speculate all the different scenarios. And yeah, of course it makes you kind of, uh, think about it and if there's a training opportunity there you look at it and uh, it's just survival overall and it, it's it's a it's a it's a reality check for sure yeah and at the same time i i mean you don't want to make it even sound like and i hope it doesn't where you're like okay what could this officer or that trooper done differently because in the end i mean this all happened because somebody is out there that's bad and is doing something yeah no, wrong. no doubt if this if this person would have stopped when he saw the blue lights, none of this would have occurred. Of and that's a fact. Course, yeah. And so um, I, I'm not speculating because I don't know what happened yet. We'll sure. know once the traffic homicide has their findings and once their investigation is complete. And then we'll know what happened. And then we'll, we'll you know, we'll take it from there. But the, the fact is that if this person would have stopped for, for, for a police officer that was attempting to stop him, None of this would have occurred, and that's that's certainly the truth. It's it's sad that it makes me want to come on here and talk to you about highway shootings. You know, it's right. it's like we talk about random shootings on the highway, and, and that's terrible. But then you get into this conversation because that happens, and it's like my my gosh, it's just right. it's mm-hmm. um it's very very tough what you guys do, and you you never know. You, I, I mean, none of us ever know when we go on the road what what's going to happen. Um, and you guys put yourself in in that line, the the line yep. of action all the time, right? Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Higher Patrol. I had some other stuff to ask you too, but um, this was the most important thing uh, today. We'll chat again uh, next week. Stay safe out there, my friend. Thank you, Andy. Take care. All right, take care, Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Higher Patrol. What they're going through uh, and, and what they went through last week, it's just, it's terrible. I can't even say I can imagine because you, you can't imagine. It's just, it's brutal. It's pretty sad. All right, well, that is all the time I have for this Wednesday afternoon. Sorry to leave it on that note, but we do talk law enforcement here every week, and that was very important to bring up. We'll talk more Super Bowl and a whole lot more Tomorrow and Friday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.